0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another week with the Fantasy Alarm Hockey Podcast. I'm Andrew Dewhurst. As always, I'm joined by Chris Murray. How are you doing tonight, Chris? Doing not too bad. Not too bad. Yourself? Not too bad. Uh, It's been an interesting week. Lots of unexpected things uh, this week. I think if I went back and looked at the games that we talked about last week for targeting, most of those didn't work out. We saw... Uh, Toronto and Edmonton not play high scoring games. Uh, we essentially saw a week where Matthews McDavid did nothing, so that was a that was a bit of a surprise. Uh, other things that we saw this week, uh, we thought Chicago was bad. Well, they've got contenders. Uh, Chicago went to Detroit, I believe, and just took it to Detroit for for two straight games after. Detroit looked like uh, they may have some signs of life this year. Uh, Vancouver just got completely steamrolled uh, essentially by Montreal outside of uh, one overtime game. Um, any thoughts on, on those items, Chris? Any Anything that stood out uh, so far for, from you this week? I guess the... Right. The one thing that really stands out here, and I mean, being a Habs fan, right, I can't say that I was expecting them to go on the road for five and not lose a game in regulation. And I think what's more impressive is the fact that they're, they're scoring goals, right? So let's take away Dallas. Let's take away Florida because they haven't played any games, really. Um, Montreal's the highest scoring team in the NHL right now, right? They're averaging yep. about four, almost five goals a game now. Again, it's saying something because like the the Vancouver Canucks, I knew that Braden Holfey wasn't gonna solve their problems, but this team just looks they look lost on the ice. They at times were completely dominated by Montreal. When Montreal put up a seven against them, I think they finished the game with like twelve or fourteen shots. Like they they looked lifeless. And the Canucks now have given up thirty-three goals in 7 games. They have played the most games of any teams, right? Yep. But like the closest team to them afterwards, right? The Chicago Blackhawks who we know are really really bad, right? They've played 6 games and they've only given up 23 goals. No team has given up more goals per game than the Vancouver Canucks. So there's like goaltending's goaltending's obviously been a little bit of an issue for them, but defensively Like this team is in trouble. I know Alexander Edler isn't there. I know Travis Hamanick isn't there. I know Tyler Myers has been really, really bad to start the season, but like they got nothing coming out out there. You got to look for some of your other players to step up, right? Nate Schmidt, Quinn Hughes is good with the puck without it. It's a little bit more of an adventure. And I mean, you're not gonna start blaming Jordy Ben and Oli Levy for your problems, right? So Elias Pettersson's got to get it going as well. This team, just in general, I was surprised to see them be this bad. I don't know if it's Montreal being like that exceptionally good, right? Maybe it's something Tyler Toffoli had in the water there, but it's it was it was definitely shocking to see Vancouver be that that terrible that quick. Yeah, I agree, and I mean, if you talk to honest Canucks fans in in the offseason, uh, they actually you would they would tell you that last year they weren't very good, uh, and that um, Jacob Markstrom bailed them out a lot, and a lot of them were crying for like Markstrom should have been MVP, uh, and maybe right now if you can retroactively give that, maybe you would, because um, the thing about Vancouver last year is they. Like they gave up a lot of shots and they're giving up a lot of shots right now, Um, like to the tune of 36.4 a night. That's way, way too many. Like you are not like, I, I know I typically note this whenever I'm going through my DFS picks, but like, I look at what, how many, what, which teams are giving up tons of shots. Like New Jersey is another good example of this. New Jersey's shutting out the Islanders right now. Uh, they've fared well against some really good teams. Um, you keep, you give up 37 and a half shots tonight and you're, you're eventually going to give up sixes and sevens and eights. And uh, that's what's happening with Vancouver, right? They're giving up uh, what 4.7 goals a game. So, I mean, in DFS terms, at least every night, you got to be looking at like, who are, if the Canucks are on that slate, you got to be looking at them. You got to be st- having at, probably, at least one lineup with them stacked against them. Right. And third uh, on that list there of teams giving up a bunch <laughs> of shots per game, the Philadelphia Flyers. Flyers. Yeah. 35 shots per game. They are only averaging 23.7 shots on goals. That is three shots less yeah. than the Detroit Red Wings, who, again, they're going to be the benchmark for how terrible your team is. Like, I thought I was bullish on the Flyers. I think we already know that. Right, yeah. It's been a tough start to the season for Carter Hart. The Flyers are just skating by right now and but they are not doing themselves any favor. They're giving up a bunch of shots. They're not taking enough shots and this is a really good team that's just they're underperforming to start the year and if they don't turn it around quick, they're going to find themselves on the outside looking in for a long period of time here heading into heading into that final stretch. Yeah. Um and I mean, I guess maybe this is a good time to ask you how you're feeling about those Carter Hart, Tristan Jarry shares right now. I mean, look, look, they're 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 growing pains. <laughs> I think I knew it was going to be a tough division mm-hmm. here. You know, Tristan Jarry has done all right tonight. I think Pittsburgh came out um, with the win, so he, you know, he was okay. I think it's again, it's a learning curve here. I, the penguins are dealing with injuries on the blue line. And again, in a really good division with a lot of really good scoring teams, I think these two teams are are trying, are they're getting victimized by good teams, right? The penguins and flyers don't really have an excuse because that's, they're just the regular division of all. But again, injuries on the blue line for Pittsburgh hasn't helped them at all. And for Carter Hart, I guess it's just trying to find that balance. But you gotta have your team. Your team's gotta do better. If you're giving up a bunch of shots, like at some point they're gonna go in, right? And you can ask your, you know, kid goalie to stand on his head and do everything possible, but at some point you gotta help him out. And if you're not generating offense and you're giving up a bunch of shots, like we saw some, I saw some frustration out of Carter Hart yesterday. I don't know if you saw, but it. like he was swinging a stick around. He broke – he like he had had enough. Right. After giving up six goals. And rightfully so, I think he was kind of looking at this and saying, hey, guys, could you at least play defense in front of me or at least pretend like you can play defense? Because, yeah, he wasn't particularly bad. It's just the Flyers were giving up too many you know, high danger scoring chances. And those chances are going to lead to goals. Right. If you have good quality scoring chances, good players are going to bury them no matter how good of a goalie you are. And it's. It's definitely been tough. I can say this. I am uh, I am not winning my first week in fantasy hockey. (laughs) Well, (laughs) yeah. I mean, the other thing to remember with the Flyers is like they're really missing Sean Couture right now, right? Like his defense, like how good he is defensively affects the game. It affects the number of goals they're going to give up. Uh, I mean, hey, like it is never too early in your season-long league to go out there and just Take something and toss it out there and say, hey, you know, Carter Hart's not doing real well. Uh, you know, here's make make a a decent offer. Right. It's been a few games and, you know, offer a goalie and something and say, hey, you want you want to get out on Carter Hart right now? Because it'll it'll turn around. Right. Like you have to start you have to start buying low. Right. If there's a fantasy owner who's panicking right now, you got to start buying low on these guys because they're going to turn it around. You just yeah. gotta find the one guy who doesn't wanna live with that with that risk, right? Some fantasy owners are risk adverse. They don't have you know, they can't sit still, the blood pressure goes up, they start to panic. If you can find them, just start offering them peanuts on a dollar and see if they'll bite. And the longer it goes on, the better of a deal you can kind of get. I still think they can turn it around. Both goalies. I'm Absolutely. Not... No it, it, like I own both and I'm not in a position where I would listen to it like I wouldn't take three quarters on a dollar for either one here I'm gonna wait it out I'm gonna write it out and say hey these are two good goalies on two good teams I'm gonna wait till they figure this out before I start panicking yeah for sure I mean <laughs> I I just in uh, I envision the uh, the offers of something like well you know I'll give you uh, my um, my Jonathan Quick and this other like fringe like twelve team player for your Carter Hart. <laughs> like deals like that are gonna get through because I'll give you Freddie platform. Anderson for Carter Hart and you're like, hey, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. Thanks, but no thanks. But uh yeah, and I mean that again. That stuff happens. Uh, you mentioned uh, Tyler Toffoli. I mean, I- in the show notes, I noted did Tyler Toffoli steal McDavid's powers like Shang Tsung would? Uh, for anyone out there who plays is a Mortal Kombat fan, where it's just like, what happened that Tyler Toffoli suddenly is like, yep, for what was it? He had essentially was it nine nine points in like three games, something like that. He had so he had five right. So he had five goals right. Yeah. In the in in that entire span, right? So his hat trick, and then he had like two goals. He had five goals in five periods or something. Like he was yeah. just there was no slowing down Tyler Toffoli. He has eight points, right? Um, uh, which is pretty good. He was leading the league in points, and I mean Kyle Connor played. Uh, he's got nine points. Kyle Connor actually like if you drafted him early you're starting to reap the rewards there he is on an absolute tear and mitch marner who likes to take a lot of heat from toronto media <laughs> he leaves the league in points with 10 points so maybe back off for him a little bit leafs fan for two seconds but give it a week su- yeah give it a week and we'll see there but again surprise note here like kevin hayes is up there he's got eight points as well mark shifley is there as well eight points as well uh, Mark Stone is there as well. Connor McDavid, as much as we like, like he's he's good, right? But six, seven points in six games for Connor McDavid, <laughs> like he's oh, wow. just he's just being average now, and yeah. that is unacceptable from Connor McDavid. Like we expect greatness from this man now. Well, it's gonna come, right? Like we know it's gonna come. There's like every like, night. He has the same amount of points as Jeff Petrie does. I'm just gonna put this into perspective for a moment right and um, the one thing I'll note here is sample size is king of
1: and course. always
0: will be right uh, also for the listener sample the thing you should always understand about sample size especially when you are reading people's uh, when you're reading analyst work is um, people as analysts especially who love players will do what it takes to make the numbers make anyone look good sample size we'll bear these things out um so i mean you'll see stuff like that keep it in mind like when you're reading something hey is this guy really that good check the sample size early season sample size take it for whatever you can right uh in in fantasy hockey especially uh well in all fantasy sports i mean i'll I'll at least speak for for hockey for for baseball little bit for football here, um, you always got to have those spots in your lineup that you can turn and burn, right? Go take a look at, like, who's performed in the last seven days. Find players that are playing well that people don't own. Go and get them. Because, uh, you know, sometimes those guys end up being gold, right? Like, you look if you go back through last year, we had guys like um, Neil Pionk. Uh, his star has quickly faded this year. Uh, well, I mean, it hasn't that quickly faded. He's at, he's just under a point a game, not even getting top power play time on the Jets. Uh, Tony D'Angelo has kind of disappeared and maybe on his way out, I suspect, in, in New York. Like, you're going to find guys. You're always going to find guys in the waiver wire. Go get them early. Write them out. Uh, it'll always pay off for you, right? Churn it. Burn it. Don't worry about it. do uh, fall in love with your fantasy players. They don't love you back. If anything professional athletes don't even love fantasy sports. We've seen them be (laughs) like, they don't care. So you don't have to love these players. Like don't fall in love with a player. If he's not doing it for you, literally tell him it's you, not me. I'm cutting you and I'm taking somebody else who I think is going to be better. It's fine. It's not a, some of us think it's a long term relationship with our fantasy players. It's not man. It's like, look, it's speed dating. If you're not doing it for me this week, I need to find somebody who's going to, you know, get it done. So, like you're out yeah. now, i'm not saying drop B- your best players B- you B- can B- yeah you can give your you know superstars a little bit more time but you know those guys that you picked up late in the draft on a wait, you know on a flyer or something like look 10 10 games in these guys aren't doing anything and it's not working like just ship them somewhere and yeah. say hey i'll figure it out and same thing for players who are doing well right don't get attached to these you know poor players doing well all of a the sudden and say major, oh Yeah, like, if you have a sell-high opportunity on Jeff Petrie, if you can get a quality defenseman, not that Jeff Petrie's not, but if you can get, you know, like, a a quality type, like, for me, if I'm looking at defensemen that I would move Jeff Petrie for, right, like, if there's an owner somewhere who really buys into it, and you can target some of the, you know, Ivan Provorovs of the league, right, I'd take Ivan Provorov over uh, Jeff Petrie, obviously, I'd take Brent Burns over Jeff Petrie, right, Like, there's a lot of really good players. Shea Theodore is another one, right? There's so many good players. Quinn Hughes. Quinn Hughes doesn't have a goal yet this season. but He's got 21 shots on goal. Like, there's a lot of good players that if you can just kind of squeak something out here, like, low story short here, but Roman Yossi has one point in four games, and he's got no goals. He's a minus two. So if somebody, again, it's early, but there's... I'm telling you, every year there's that one fantasy owner who just panics and he makes a deal. And if you can find him or her and you can just, you know, talk them through it, sometimes you can do enough convincing where they'll trade you, you know, something they shouldn't for what you're selling them. Yeah. And I mean, that also brings me to to the next player I wanted to talk about, uh, which is Connor Murphy. Like Connor, I, I looked at this and I was like. This this doesn't seem right. Like Connor Murphy, you have five points this week. How how is that possible? Like Connor Murphy is uh, in in teams in in leagues with hits. Connor Murphy has value. Like I wrote in the notes, Connor Murphy, A.K. Bangsus, A.K. Bang Daddy Murphy. How do you have five points? Uh, and that is the prime example of like go pick up Connor Murphy for a week. Uh, Blackhawks are playing on Tuesday. You're going to get Connor Murphy in DFS for next to nothing. Throw him in. See what happens. Blackhawks are scoring goals. You're not going to pay a lot for these guys. Uh, Sometimes those are the players that win you DFS contests. They make you money. And in in season long, if you got those five points, you saw that, like, you grab him today. He keeps the streak up for another week. You get another four points out of him. On defense, gold, right? Turn it over the next week. Just keep keep looking at these guys. Like, Murphy is not going to keep this up. There's not uh, any doubt in my mind that Connor Murphy is going to continue to have five-point weeks. Uh, I do believe the Blackhawks are still going to keep scoring, but I don't think Murphy's going to be gonna be a big part of that. Uh, the Blackhawks got a little bit better today. Carl Soderbergh coming back. Um, that's going to really help them. A uh, little bit more depth down the middle. Soderberg's a pretty decent all-around player. He's no savior by any means, but um, yeah, just, just gotta gotta churn and burn these guys, go get them, look for them. Uh, any any other players or, or teams that really s- stuck out to you this this week, Chris? That was that was about it. Apart from like what we already talked about a little bit, right? We were expecting um Edmonton and Toronto to be these teams that just lit the lamp against each other didn't happen they were kind of quiet uh I think that kind of got fantasy owners a little bit you know on the edge of their seat here but no overall it was uh it was a definitely a really interesting week for fantasy <laughs> yeah hockey. and Very we have interesting even, and the, we didn't even talk about what happened in Washington uh where they lose their what, four of their best eight players, probably? They They lost lost their their four best best Russian players, I'll tell you that. Well, they lose their best goalie, the best scorer, arguably their best center, and arguably their best defensive defenseman. All at once. Uh, And this is, uh, I mean, uh, I noted this in the playbook, I believe it was on Thursday when they played the Sabres, it was like, you know, roll the dice on Vanacek, because this is gonna go one of two ways. They're gonna try to shut things down, most likely, because uh, they're not gonna be able. To, they sh- I don't think they're gonna be able to score a lot of goals. But at the same time, you had to play the Sabers. You just couldn't let that opportunity pass, or at least I couldn't, because I was like, well, if this goes like completely the opposite direction, um, like, like the Sabers could score six or seven, right? The Sabers had scored like six on. on on the flyers and I was like this this is one you can't you can't pass on and it just uh I mean the sabers won the games but uh they didn't score big big totals that's that was for sure and uh buffalo what... had today so right we're we're doing this on a sunday so buffalo today against uh washington right they pulled out a 4-3 win in a the shootout they had 48 shots yeah. On Vanesek, yeah. he made 45 saves. If you played <laughs> him in the all day or the early slate alone, like yeah. he brought value back without actually picking up a win, yeah, which is pretty good. Absolutely, yeah. Um, but it's just looking at this, going, "Jeez, like what are the Sabers got to do here?" Um, but I mean, credit to the absolute credit to to the Capitals for not packing things in. Uh, i mean that team has a lot more heart than i expected them to uh and, and then we also had uh carolina hit the covid list the whole whole team uh and i mean one thing i will note and i didn't see this noted as a story at least on anything i i read over the great interwebs this week is no one really seemed to talk about like how washington was really punished for like uh having the covid incident but like carolina was like hey, you've got the same number of players who might have COVID and you now have three or four days off. Uh, and it sounds like I saw that Tampa is expecting their Tuesday game to be canceled as well. Um, so we saw that kick in there. Uh, Florida is just getting killed on, on these COVID games. They lose lost two with uh, when Dallas was out. They lose another two this week. Uh, Tampa's not going to be far behind that. Uh, looks like if they end up losing, they lost a couple of games with Dallas and it looks like they're going to miss at least a game with, uh, with Carolina as well. But uh, we're starting to see these creep up, which means uh, we're going to see a bunch of these teams playing each other a lot at some point in time down the road, uh, which will make things interesting. Also something, if you're playing, if you're playing season long, make note of these teams that are missing games because If you, you know, you can stack these guys up if people are just looking straight at points and say, hey, yeah, you know, Dallas or Florida or Carolina, you have, you know, these guys don't look like they're performing very well. There's not a lot of points here, but uh, if you can start adding those guys, right, there's going to be those games in the future. uh, A lot of those games in the future where they're going to be probably three games and four nights, stuff like that, because all those games need to get made up it's Um, definitely it's definitely going to be a like a problem and and you're kind of right in that sense i did feel like like the capitals i mean right peter laviolette came out and said you know they take responsibility and they were slapped with a pretty hefty fine as well like it's it's kind of funny and like not really but if you drive a player's head into the board they charge you (laughs) 2500 bucks you could probably pay that cash um right but you don't follow masks, masks Calls inside your own right like hotel room like these are not players that are out partying like a strip club or something like they're just not wearing their mask and they're not social distancing inside their own hotel room right and they're still slapped with a hundred thousand dollar fine now you can find that to be aggressive if you want but i think the nhl is trying to set a protocol here and saying hey look we're just there's no gray zone right it's either you know do it or get fined and suffer the consequences for it but I do th- again, at the same time, yes, it's kind of harsh, but it's it's what they had to do. And the other teams that are just not playing games, I know some people want to look at this as like, oh, well, they're getting the benefit here, not really because you're gonna have to play all these games and you're gonna play it on less rest. You're gonna have to this could lead to players you know, playing more that shouldn't, right? You don't know what the situation – like, players' bodies, right? These bodies are machines, but if you don't take care of them, they're going to fall apart, and this leads to injuries and, like, a whole bunch of stuff, right? So I don't think it benefits anybody. It's not necessarily shocking to see the state of Texas, the state of North Carolina, (laughs) and the state of Florida suffer with COVID. So, right, there's no shock there. Well, to be fair, though, like, Florida – Neither Florida nor Tampa have had anything from COVID. They're just losing games because other teams in their division well, are give like give them a moment, right? Like it's it's still early, right? Give those two teams an opportunity to you know continue playing, but it's definitely not the best situation for those teams, and it's not good for the teams that they play either, because you know those teams had nothing to do with it, right? Think of the yeah. you know the Predators, like they had nothing to do with this, and they're out a couple of games here. They Yes, the added rest at the beginning of the season might be good, but again, you got to make up those games and you got to play them later. I guess I would much rather these teams play kind of shorthanded, a little bit like the Caps did, and just say, hey, look, you got to find a way to put a roster on the ice. That's why you have a taxi squad, right? For yep. these exact moments. If you're not using the taxi squad, then, I mean, what are you doing, right. really? Yeah, I mean, we saw Vancouver get by, if you will, just fine with down two players. Um, I mean, Washington has done okay. I mean, I agree. Like, it it causes a lot of shuffling. Um, but I mean, the upside to this as well is that, like, uh, you know, for some of these teams, you're going to see players you wouldn't have seen otherwise, right? Like, you saw Connor McMichael in for for Washington today. Uh, that's a name that you should, you know, kind of keep an eye on. Like, McMichael is a is a solid player. He's, I don't think he's ever going to be a star, but he's a guy that can contribute. He skates while well, he hits. He, he's going to be somebody you're going to see all over the ice. Um, he, like, he will be a fixture on that, on that Washington roster by the end of the year. You saw him for the first time today. Um, like, you're going to see guys like this. You're going to see them ahead of time because these opportunities are going to get granted to them. Um, so... You know, those are those are things to to keep an eye on, like watch some of these younger players see, like, especially the ones that are noteworthy. You've got guys who are, you know, former first round picks, things like that are now getting in. Um, I mean, the other big news of the week, obviously, uh, I think we had at very adequate coverage of uh, was the line a Dubois deal that went down yesterday. Uh, we'll just take a quick moment on this because, I mean, you you did a, did some audio on this. I, I wrote this up. Um, one thing I don't know if you covered this. I missed it when I did, but uh, it'll be interesting to see how long it's going to take to get these guys back in the lineup because they have to change countries. So uh, theoretically, I wonder like Patrick Line could take longer uh, if there are any visa issues. Um, but, I mean, you could be looking at, what, two weeks before either of these guys suit up for, for their new teams? It's about – it's so it, it should be, right? So, Renaud Lavoie from Divya said it best, right? Seven days – so it's seven games for Pierre-Luc Dubois that he's going to probably miss, right? By the time he gets his visa worked out, by the time he quarantines and stuff. The NHL was looking to try to ask if they could reduce it to 10 or 7, having right players get tested every day. So if you have four negative tests and whatnot, um, but nothing's been confirmed there. And I don't think right. Health officials are going to say, Hey, we're not going to really cater to a game. You know, it's 14 days for everybody follow the rules. And the Winnipeg jets were aware of this, right? Like this yeah, isn't, they sure. knew what they were getting into. So I think it just kind of how it's going to go down. I will say this about it. Cause when the trade happened and I guess, right. Everybody by now has seen uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois last shift, in columbus right not a great one but it really speaks volumes to both these players well all three of them Evie, because i mean russell jack roslavik didn't want to be there either so it's kind of it's kind of full triangle here for all three of these players right they didn't want to play for their clubs they didn't want to be part of it and both teams just said here well we're just going to ship you to like i don't know what it was and pierre luc dubois gave an interview yesterday on cbc and i mean they just flat out asked him what the reason was and he refuses to yeah, kind of give into that information. So to, in my mind, here's here's the here's to me the the main reason why. And this will be my official opinion on it until Pierre-Luc Dubois tells me it's otherwise, right? So a lot of people don't know, but right, nationwide arena has a Tim Hortons inside of it like it's attached to it right i've been yes. to it i've been to nationwide arena once great arena columbus as a city though i mean no offense columbus it's like it's it's just there so my theory is that the coffee at that tim hortons must not be as good as the coffee that's up here in canada tim hortons and pierre luke was like look i can't do this send me back to canada and that's what they did <laughs> so that's my official opinion on it that has to be it until he tells me it was John Tortorella. Well, I'm just gonna go with the coffee problem. Yeah, I mean, look, if I was Pierre Luc Dubois, I wouldn't playing for John Tortorella is hard, right? Tortorella wants you to to block the shots. He wants you, he wants everybody to play as an equal, right? The System works, no doubt about that. But it's not for everybody. Right. Like lots like Patrick Laine is going to learn about this really fast. Uh, like I sense Laine being that guy who's constantly in the doghouse. Right. Like uh, like if you're Patrick Liney like I get that Winnipeg isn't um, necessarily the, the most exciting place in the world to be. I, I've been to Winnipeg. Uh, a little bit. Wait till he gets to Columbus. Yeah, wait till he gets to Columbus. And <laughs> those also, those guys wanted out of their respective cities. So They're like, yeah, all right, here, go to like, the, go to these cities and tell me how you feel about them. But like, you're also seeing for him a significant downgrade in like center talent, right? Like, the power play in Winnipeg is going to look nothing like the power play in Columbus, right? Like, there's no Mark Scheifele, there's no Blake Wheeler. There's no Kyle Connor. Um, Which was his complaint, too. Line wanted to play with good players. And, I mean, (laughs) say what you want about Brian Little. Like, Brian Little was good enough, and Nikolai Ehlers is good. Like, there's good players on that team, and you were getting top power play minutes. And now, like, you're going to go play with Max Domi, right? And you're going to go play with, you know, Nick, you know, Nick Foligno. And, uh, like, again, no offense to these guys, but like they're not they're not elite talent yeah and for Pierre-Luc Dubois like like I I don't again that's why I would have liked him to say something saying nothing to it's just leaves it to speculation but like he was the top centerman on a on the team he was playing top minutes he was like it's not like he was getting benched I mean prior to the last right it's not like he was in trouble he was just Like Tortorella was just demanding that he plays good hockey. Right. And good coaches will do that. Like, say what you want about John. He's got a Stanley Cup ring and he's taken Columbus to the playoffs. And they, oh, my God, don't forget, beat the Tampa Bay Lightning the one year where they destroyed every single team that existed. So like he's a good hockey coach and it like he knows how to get it done. So at some point you either say, well, if the player doesn't want to get on board, it's the, the player's fault. Now if he can't make it work with Patrick Line, my assumption is at some point cock line is going to say, well, John, like we we can't trade the whole roster, so we'll just right. get rid of you and, you know, we'll find a coach who just wants to play some open eyes, nice, open hockey. We'll lose more games, but you know our players will be a little bit happy yeah. and our players be happier, fans are going to be a lot happier, even exactly. if play games. Um, but I mean I think this deal is a. Like, this is really big for Winnipeg.
1: Right. Yes, like,
0: add a really good centerman to an already good team. Like, you got Mark Scheifele as your one center, Pierre-Luc Dubois as your two, and Paul Stashton could be a really good third, like, third centerman. Yeah. That is a really deep center core. Yeah, that That's was really good. That was boned, like, was paper thin last year. Right, like the Jets, it was Shifley uh, because Wheeler couldn't do center anymore. I mean, he's 37. That's not a huge surprise. But, like, it was all of a sudden it was like, oh, we don't have anyone at center. They lose Shifley in the first round of the playoffs last year, and they really struggled with Mark Shifley. I mean, I, I'm not saying, and, I mean, I, I will speculate on this that something must have happened in the offseason. Dubois looked fantastic for, for Columbus and in the playoffs. like The whole playoff, he was He was hitting, he was everywhere, he was scoring. He probably wanted so in his interview, he did like he didn't divulge in it. What he did say was like he got a bridge deal, right? So his five million dollar, I think it was for two years. So I think he wanted a longer deal. And right, we understand sometimes negotiations are, you know, it's basically you telling the team why you deserve something and the team looking at you going, Well, no. Right. Imagine going to your boss and your boss telling you all the terrible things you do. And I'm pretty sure. Right. that John was in that room. And I mean, they've had their, you know, their noses together at times. Right. Yeah. In the playoffs. We've seen it. So it, it can rub a player definitely the wrong way. And I think he probably wanted a longer term deal. And the team probably looked at him and said no or said, hey, we don't think you're worth it. And that's probably tough for a player to hear who had a really good playoff series. And, you know, maybe they question his character a little bit. Maybe they question the type of player he is. And, you know, he did say, right. He I mean, he said, look, I don't want to be a distraction. And I mean, five games into the season, he was (laughs) the biggest distraction that there was. Right. Right. Like that last shift. If you watch him skate isolated camera just to him, like he looks like. He looks like me in my Sunday league when we play at 10:45 at night and we're down four goals in the third period. Like he just looked like he didn't care. Yeah. He just skating around there. That offensive forecheck was just non-existent. He took nine seconds to get back to his bench for a change. <laughs> and I can only imagine John was just fuming. And he said, "Look, man, just sit here," which is fine. It was the right decision. The you connection. don't care. You don't want to play. Yeah. I mean, kids, sit here. And I'll put somebody else out who does want it. There is no shortage of players who will take your spot. And I think just everything that happened at that point, just they, they had to move him out. So I'm sure, you know, Jarmo got on the phone. He already had some contacts with some teams and said, hey, look, I need to make this happen now. What's your best offer? And I'm happy Montreal didn't mortgage the future because they had nothing in the Patrick Line 8, you know, comparison, right? I don't think... Right. Mark Bergevin would have really considered moving Nick Suzuki and a piece like you like it's kind of funny right because I would have done the deal Pierre-Luc Dubois for Patrick Laine 1v1 and Winnipeg had to give up another player and like Jack Rossovic is not bad right he's I mean you can argue whether he's a top six forward or not but like he's not terrible so you had to give Columbus an extra piece to get this done you're already giving them a pretty good goal scorer who can score and yeah. you have to add something to it, right? Well,
1: you, and gotta you keep, have
0: to retain salary. You got to keep finances in mind here, right? Like, DeWall's got a second year still left on his contract. Uh, Line A is not. Line A needs a new contract after this year. Line A has already been well on the record to say he wants uh, that he wants to get paid, right? Like, he's going to be asking, I assume he's going to be asking $8 million a year, given uh, I mean, I, I put that number kind of in as much haze. Oh, no, but you that's a, that, that's a that, fair like, ask, probably from his agent. I don't think he gets it. I, I, I don't think, think they're well, going mean, to go down the bridge deal again with him, and that's the that's literally the problem. You're just coming off here with Pierre-Luc Dubois, so uh, I mean, if you're Patrick Line expecting to walk into Columbus and make bank, well, you got to get a. You got to follow that system that John's got going. And B, you got to put the puck in the net a lot because they're not going to pay you on what you can do. They're going to start paying you on what you do on right. the ice. And... and I mean, we're talking about young players here, right? Both of them are 22. Um, but yeah, it's like line a, if you're like one, the, the, the Blue Jacks just don't put up that money, right? Like Panarin didn't leave, Colum- like Panarin left Columbus to go make money somewhere else. That was not a coincidence. Yeah. Like it's just not the place where you go to get paid. I mean, small market teams is not the place to go to get paid. I
1: mean, there's it now been a way.
0: couple of players now that have walked out of Columbus. Like, you know, you look at Bobrovsky, you look at Panarin, you look at Dubois. I mean, there's some players that are just, I mean, I guess Duchesne went, but I mean, that experiment didn't doesn't work out different. well. Yeah. Ryan to single <laughs> the same, right? So, yeah. but like Columbus has a hard time retaining players. Yeah. Well, I mean, whether it, it, it's the franchise that's the problem, or the team, or John, or like yeah. who knows what it is. It again, to me, it has to be the coffee at the Tim Horns. It's just it's not up to par for some of these players. It's the play. cream, man. You know, they just probably don't get the the fat percentage right on that cream, and it's just, right. I just mean, I guess for the Russian players, it's not a problem, right? Like, like what do they know about the Tim's? But I mean, it's. It's it's tough, man. We we talk about players, you know, French speaking players not wanting to play in Montreal. It seems like nobody wants to play in Columbus and or they want out of there. And again, you know, John Tortorell is a good coach. And if you can't get if he can't make those players work, then I guess you gotta find other players who can't. But the list is starting to run short on players who You know, and it was interesting because Dubon, his interview, did say that he did talk to players who had played for John Tortorella, i.e. Brad Richards, i.e. Vincent Lecavalier, Martin Saint-Louis, right, two Quebec-born players as well. And I'm sure the conversation behind closed doors were not as, you know, he said, oh, yeah, you know, they said good, nice things about him. All right. But I'm sure they also said some pretty not nice things about it because, you know, those players butted heads as well a couple of times with Tortorella. But again, at the end of the day. I think Tortorella is a good coach. He his his goal is to get the most out of his players and sometimes that rubs them the wrong way, but you can't fault the system that he runs, you can't fault the way that he tries to get his players to work and Columbus is a better team with John Tortorella than they are without him. For sure. Yeah. I mean, you look at that roster and and in like it could be the worst roster in, in it's, the league. It's goals right. by committee, right? right. Like, that's, that's the offense. And, and that's intended, right? is going to change that. Um, I mean, he's going to be the star, no doubt. Not a, I mean, unless you're looking, like, outside of Seth Jones and Zach wrensky like, there's no one else on that team that's taking up any amount of star power. Sure, sure. he's going to be the star, but, I mean, outside of Max Domi, like, Alexander yeah. Taxiate, Riley Nash... Te- like, I, I like Texier personally. Are you going to put uh, Boone Jenner down the middle again? Like, yeah. th- these are not elite centers, man. So well, they're you the can same score all guy. the goals you want, but you need somebody to put the puck on stick. For sure. They're all the same guy, though. Right? Like, they all play the simil- a similar game. Like, they're, uh, I mean, much like you see with, you know, Nick Foligno and, um, you know, so many players in this roster. is Like, they're gritty like they are hitting uh and that like they're going to be tough to play against but yeah it's not it's not going to be a skilled game i mean uh if you're max domi your you know things are starting to look up a little bit you got a little bit more skill to play with maybe you're going to finally get that resurgence back to what he was a couple years ago when he had a really nice season for the canadians um but yeah um moving on Uh, looking at the week ahead, we have a little bit of a lower key week. We've got one game tomorrow, uh, which was a surprise to me until I finally looked at the schedule. Uh, But we don't have as many real matchups to, to key in on where it's, they feel like they might be really lopsided. Uh, I I picked out four here that really stood out to me. and I think and some of these were just ones that I thought would be interesting. So Chicago, Nashville, uh I think they've got two, maybe three games this week. Um it'll be Nashville's been just giving up goals and droves to, to Dallas this week. Uh Chicago's gotten hot. Uh Kevin Lankinen suddenly your your number one goalie. Um I don't know who owned him, who had ever thought to own him. Um but suddenly he's the guy in Chicago. Um so it'll be interesting to see how that how that works out. I mean, Patrick La- or Patrick Kane continues to be Patrick Kane. Um, we're seeing guys contribute in Chicago, which is which is nice considering how shorthanded they've been. So that's one I'm going to keep an eye on. Um, San jo- your favorite San Jose Sharks uh, going to Colorado this week. That one looks like it could get lopsided, but I mean, Sharks are scoring right now. Uh, Colorado seems to. The well seems to go a little dry there at times. Uh, They're not maybe scoring as much as I think as much as I'm expecting them to. But uh, maybe a little Martin Jones is the elixir that cures your ills. Let's put Uh, it into perspective here just for Colorado a little bit, right? So they're playing Anaheim tonight. Like they're out shooting Anaheim 31-14, right? The shots in the third period are 8-0. So Anaheim's got some good goaltending. Which is fine. We know that, you know, John Gibson every once in a while can kind of stand on his head and help this team be not as bad as they are. But if we're expecting Martin Jones or Devin Dubnik to do the same, well that's like that's not gonna happen. (laughs) I expect him to get absolutely throttled (laughs) in both those games. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, right? They've they've played uh, I believe they've only played the Kings and the Ducks. Um and I mean the Ducks are only giving up uh 2.6 goals a, a night right now, mind you, only scoring 1.6 goals a night. Uh, the Kings are at 3.4, which is you know bottom third, but they didn't score a lot on the Kings. Um, but you insert the Sharks, they're at 3.6. Um, they played five games as well, so uh, I think that's you know you might see see things really get going for them this week they're also playing minnesota right i mean right. minnesota's offense is a non-existent it. right like yeah i mean nick bukestad has scored tonight <laughs> and kevin fiala has finally put a second one in this season so i mean again the sharks are giving up some goals not many but they're also playing teams that just don't score goals right so i mean if we see it's going to be no surprise to me if we see six, five, six a night. No problem out of Colorado. Um, who else we got? Ottawa, Vancouver. We're going to see if Vancouver can keep the puck out of that. If, if Ottawa scores five a night uh, against Vancouver, then then I think it's really uh, – yeah, you might be – Travis Green might be looking for a new job. Uh, I mean, Ottawa looked, Ottawa looked really good in probably the first – two periods of the first game they played against Winnipeg. Um, but it just couldn't get it done. And then the second and third game. Uh, I think they played a, Ottawa. I mean, Ottawa played a good second period against Ottawa but other or against Winnipeg, but otherwise just didn't get it done. Uh, so, I mean, I'll be interested to see what happens there. Uh, and then Detroit at Dallas. Dallas is uh, I mean, as much as I felt like last year in the playoffs that you know, Dallas felt like a fluke. They're looking otherwise right now, at least through their first two games. I mean, what was it, 7 nothing uh, in game one for them? It was It was an ass. I had not, A, I didn't even know that Dallas was playing, right? I just assumed that they were just <laughs> like continuing to be. I was out. like, oh, Dallas is still part of the NHL? Cool. And then I woke up the next morning, read the box score to that, and I was like, excuse me? Like, Like, and it's not like UC Saros has been bad this season either. Like he was, he was pretty good. And then they just got absolutely stomped on. And I was like, like Dallas hasn't played a game this season. They haven't even been allowed to practice really either. Like this is a team that should have come in pretty rusty and they just slapped, like they slapped Nashville to a whole other planet. And you're like, okay, fine. You did it once. And arguably tonight they've, you know, they've put up again that I wasn't expecting Dallas to go out there and hammer Nashville again. But, you know, they you know, they're up three two here on Nashville as well. Nashville scored one recently. But, you know, Joe Pavelski continues to contribute without Tyler Sagan in the lineup. He's he's come up big here. He's he's doing what he needs to do. He's got three points. Yeah, he's I got talked about seven in the playbook points today. In two games. He's got seven points in two games. So if you own Joe, if you own Joe Pavelski, you should probably see what superstar you can get a return for him because he's not going to keep putting up those numbers. <laughs> he's and not going to keep up this pace. He's sure. uh, no, he he's not and DraftKings will probably continue to, you know, underprice him. He was relatively free on DraftKings as well. Uh Tyler Taffoli was yesterday, he was 50 he was 5100 bucks. Well, yesterday Saturday. And there's like I said, there's still a lot of value that you can exploit here in fantasy hockey you know, DFS wise as well. And again, if you find some of these guys just hanging around the waiver wire or, you know, on somebody's bench and they're not taking it seriously, start putting in those calls, see what those owners want. Find somebody to dance with. We're getting in, we're closing in on the, you know, 10 game marks. See, uh, see who's willing to dish what. Most definitely. I mean, Pavelski was a lot better in the second half last year. Uh, he he was obviously good in the playoffs last year as well. So I mean, it I'm not surprised to see Pavelski playing well. Seven seven points in two games is ridiculous. If anyone is paying up, if anyone wants to to make me an offer, I, I've got a couple of Pavelski shares. You know, ma- go ahead make an offer. I'll I'll, I'll listen. <laughs> if you want to pony up, you know, a a, a real star on a then I will I will definitely consider that. But uh, uh, yeah, I mean that's that's definitely been interesting. We'll see how that plays out. Detroit. Uh, I mean, it, it feels like pumpkin time came like three games in, four game on the fourth game, right? It was like Cinderella got to the ball and then the pumpkin turned, you know, carriage turned into a pumpkin, and here's the Detroit Red Wings again, right back who we expected them to be. Uh, I thought they would play competitive games against Chicago. I thought those teams were equally bad and it would be interesting to see if um you know if that goaltending would be a difference maker for them i thought detroit could very well win two uh, at least one of those two games if not both of them uh but i mean they're just got like today six two that that like that was unexpected i mean i'll i'll note this though Uh, It does seem like maybe Detroit felt like they did really well in the first couple games. and was like, you know, we don't want to win this much. So let's make sure we get Manta and Larkin away from each other. Uh, Tyler Batuzzi are down to the third line. Let's just take this whole first line and we'll blow the whole thing up. Uh, That was a surprise. Um, Which is kind of weird, right? Because then Tyler Batuzzi had two power play goals (laughs) playing with... Dylan Larkin. Right. So, right. Your, your assumption would be, you know, that Blasio will just say, well, I'll just put my three good, you know, best players together or just let these guys run wild. because they we're going to be losing a lot. And again, this, like this Chicago team is bad. And this was an opportunity for us to see, well, you know, did Detroit really get better? Cause they did add some pieces here. Jonathan Bernier has been getting more starts and I think is healthy. I, I mean, you go out, you get Thomas Grice. Grice hasn't been terrible either. He's been adequate, considering he does play for the Detroit Red Wings. But statistically, he's been fine. And, you know, he he has three losses to his name, which is, again, that's just playing hockey in Detroit. You're, you're going to lose games because your team doesn't score goals. Yep. And it's going to happen, right? His his, his goals against the average is 2.74, which is, again, Respectable, respectable considering he plays yeah. in Detroit and his 918 save percentage is really good. But for whatever reason, you know, Jonathan Bernie's got a two and, you know, a two and one record. So, hey, 889 save percentage, 333 goals against average, sign me up, send him out there again. And it says something when you get absolutely throttled by a team that has one line. They literally have one line, and that top line did most of the damage. Yeah, as and I mean, from a DFS perspective, that's all you can ask for, right? Yeah. <laughs> we know where to go to. If you're gonna pay up, you're paying for you're paying for the hit, you're paying for Kane, and anything else. And you may throw yourself in on uh, some Duncan Keith. Um, maybe right now you're looking at uh, you're looking at Connor Murphy. But I mean, I'm just wondering like when is Detroit gonna start to turn this corner? Never. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Never. Well, they just look like they're just gonna be terrible for a very long time. Yeah, I mean their their farm doesn't look as deep as you'd expect it to for a team that's just been bad for for years, no, right? And I mean, they like they didn't. They just they did some things in the off season to make their team just a little bit better. Like Bobby Ryan's come in and he's been pretty good considering. You know, Bobby Ryan basically couldn't find a home anywhere. Um, you know, he's been all right. He's he's done what he's needed to do. You go out and you bring in, you know, Thomas Grice to solidify your goaltending, which is yeah. which, again, is good. I think, you know, again, it's it's tough here because Sam Gagne is on the, you know, the covid protocol list. Phillips Adina is as well. Like they're missing some players. Fine. But those guys went out. Like, those aren't difference makers by any means, though. No, but I think Zadina can bring Zidina a little be. bit more pop to that offense, right? Instead of giving Luke Glenn Denning all those minutes, like <laughs> I Dias mean, there's Rome there's on the top line. yeah, Matthias, like that's that's fine. Those are young players who you can, you know, give an opportunity for. Their bottom six is just absolutely putrid. So it's like they're a gift to opposing teams if you can get the matchup to be correct and. I mean, Mark Stahl's in your top four, so defensively this team is is not good, and they're just, man, they. I thought they would be a little bit better than what they were last season, because last season they were a dumpster fire. But I mean, Detroit right, is sitting yeah. there saying, "Hey, if you think we're going to be a little bit better than we were last season, you might yeah, be disappointed." Yeah, I mean, next year. I th- think they'll start to look a little bit better they're gonna you know they'll probably get more Sider into into the lineup next year you'll probably see lucas raymond in, into their lineup next year uh i don't think this draft is one that's going to do them any favors i mean well maybe it is going to do them favors going to get a defenseman i expect they should be picking in the top three unless uh you know the hockey gods spite them once again <laughs> they're cursed but uh i mean yeah things things aren't looking good in detroit i mean i live about two hours from detroit uh like they were giving away tickets last year by the end of the year it was like buy one get one free before COVID hit that's how bad detroit is and how much like no one like people are going to soon forget that people once called detroit hockey town yeah, like, that's not the case. And that was their motto. The they're then. sitting there calling it Hockey Town, and now, I mean, the product that they put on there—they're getting throttled by Chicago as one line. What? You, like, I thought this game would at least be close. Which, again, shout out to the NHL for literally having nobody double-check the schedule and going, "Is this the game we like?" The 12:30 game. You're like, "Hey, first game of the day. It's on Prime NBC, right?" What game can we give fans? Oh, let's give them Detroit, <laughs> Chicago, right? That's well, what people want to see. Let's start there, right? It's it, it's a Sunday as well. You know, people are gearing up for football. Maybe they'll watch some hockey before that. Let's give them Detroit, Chicago. That makes sense. And, of course, right, Monday, there's only one game. And then schedule makers put a boatload on Tuesday, right? What do you got? One, two, yeah. three, four, five, six, seven. You got 14 games. okay. And then Wednesday, you got two. And then, oh, look at that. Thursday, you got four. Like, they could have, I don't know.
1: Yeah, Schedule I don't making understand isn't why hard. it's
0: hard. I feel like it's, it's, not, it's not hard. You can split these up. You can give teams, you know, you don't have to put every single game on the same night. You can balance this out so people can watch. Again, we go through the week here. Friday, one game, and then bam, Saturday slate is huge, and then we go to Sunday, which is the first respectable slate of the of the week where you got a, a pretty balanced one. Because I don't know about you, Andrew, but I like these fourteen game slates are landmines for me. Oh, for sure. I mean, I think of the Friday slate, right? Like, for me, things look good. Things look good. Dallas scores seven. There was no reason for anyone to like. When I looked back, like I like to take a look at what the winning lineup looked like on on, uh, on nights. Uh, when you look and you're like, oh, you stacked like Dallas against Nashville. Like you had no no one was sitting there. Vegas didn't have it. Nobody was like, you know what? Dallas is short. Tyler Sagan. They're gonna score. Th- at least twice as much right now than they did at all the entire previous season, right? Without your best player, this is totally what's going to happen. But that's what happened. I mean, I, personally, I feel like that's what's happened a lot early in this season. Games have been very unpredictable. Uh, I mean, we saw Scott Wedgwood shut out the New York Islanders tonight. What? Again, <laughs> and shout out, shout out to my DFS lineup here. I was telling you, you Before the show, I right so I was playing Call of Duty before lock, which is something I should probably not do. So I didn't get Semyon Varlamov out of my lineup, and on super Draft, I I look like I, it looks like I'm gonna cash everywhere, and I'm gonna about two about three x my return um, without an actual goalie that's playing. So <laughs> it I, I guess the strategy yeah. is when you can't pick a goalie because I've had some terrible luck this week trying to find a goalie in DFS that is going to not finish in a negative, right? It's been really, really tough. I guess the solution is to just not have one start, and you'll be fine. Yeah, or goalies uh, are voodoo. Right, yeah, 100%. Uh, I mean, and I beat Colorado tonight, 3-1. No one was picking that. Kings put up five against the Blues. No shot oh. there, man. St. Louis... Five, like, though. Five. <laughs> which is fine. I had so I had pieces of Kopitar and Kempe. Kempe had 3 points tonight, I think. I think he's got a goal and two assists. Like it was LA scored some goals and St. Louis St. Louis can score their goals. Again, I wasn't expecting Jonathan Quick was like 6800 bucks tonight. He was absolutely cheap. GPP option if you can get the win, right? And so far that looks to be. Um, you know, something that's going to pay off there if he went that route, but like St. Louis was, they were decent yesterday. And I guess Jordan Binnington helped them out a little bit, which is saying something, but outside of, you know, Ryan O'Reilly and Kopitar didn't shut each other down. Right. O'Reilly had what, three points, I think yesterday, two or three, like, and again did th- he's right he scored a goal tonight Brandon Shen is two two goals tonight he's got four goals in the last three games like there are some goals that are being scored there I guess for St Louis but defensively it's that there were holes in their game. I watched it and I was like man St Louis got lucky and Billy Huso is I don't know what he is but he is he is not a very good backup he got lit up in his relief appearance and St Louis closed as a two minus two hundred favorites. Yeah. Without Jordan Binnington starting. And I was like, that's that's not normal. Like no. Nobody can like their line actually went up from open. And I was like, this doesn't make sense. Are people really like I know the kings are bad, but are we really saying that St. Louis is that much superior to the LA Kings here? Like, come on, wait a minute. No. So I had a I had a a couple of shares of like I said, Adrian Kempe and Anze Kopitar, and that is not, that is not disappointed. Kopitar's got, what, he's got three points tonight, and Adrian Kempe's got, my apologies, he's got two points tonight. He's got a goal and He's got two assists, which is still, not bad Make for it. a player yeah. who was, what, thirty six, thirty seven hundred dollars $3,700 on yeah. DraftKings? You free. can get him for free on DraftKings. You, you can get everybody for free on DraftKings. No, right? Jesse was, uh was the who's on the uh, short, right, min price list today. He was $2,600, but I'll give DraftKings a pass here because he was playing on the third line. He's done very, very little. We found out during the day he was probably going to get promoted to the top line where he should be um and he has picked up one assist so there's there's some value there if you played him yeah i mean people got crushed by Igor Sturkin tonight <laughs> 16 saves uh, and a loss like that's not getting it done uh, which so is many... which is saying a lot about the Pittsburgh Penguins who only generated 19 shots they scored yeah. they scored two goals in the third period, they had four shots. Yeah. So, and again, uh, I said some nice things about Evgeny Malkin. He was once again invisible tonight. Thank you, Gino, for not showing up. Uh, I was trying to pick on Jason Zucker because he was, again, free on DraftKings. And then we I found out he was going to be on the third line. So quickly pivot off there. Brian Russ, I guess he hit, but, I mean, he was just... Nothing, yeah. Yeah, like, he hit a goal. Fine. Good for you. But, man, the Pittsburgh Penguins, same thing. They just they just don't look good. And, I mean, we're talking about players who you can target in season long. If you can find an owner who wants to get rid of Evgeny Malkin, I would definitely. Like, Evgeny Malkin, I was looking at this. Statistically in his career, he has had one season where he has not produced a point per game. One. And I think that was, like, in 2011, <laughs> 2012, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. Like, that was a million years ago, right? So even if even if he doesn't do it this year or he's close, I still think he deserves to be on a team because he has way too much skill and he's on a team that's way too good to be this bad. Yeah. Like, and we're talking like, I mean, to be fair, I mean, Pittsburgh has four wins. Like they're four and two. they They've won Yeah, it. but they're not like they're now, a but... fake four and two. Right. Oh, like, they sure. look yeah. good, but. So they look <laughs> terrible, but the record looks good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, you know, very Martin Jones, Freddie Anderson of them, right? Uh, right. Like the, the the underlying numbers are bad, but they're wins they're them. they're hanging on here. And maybe a something that's a kind of key track here. But I was looking through it here, going through the stat sheet and everything. Uh, Gino played just shy of 15 minutes. He was a minus two tonight. Zero uh zero shots on goals. He had zero shots on goals, zero hits, zero blocks. He played just shy of fifteen minutes. Yeah. Well Poop. I sense if I went back and broke down uh Malkin over the years, I think what you see is a super inconsistent point per game player. He is the king of inconsistency. Well, I think the king is probably still somebody like Phil Kessel, uh, but we'll let him be, you know, the king. Sure, but Malkin is so, like something Malkin else, is but... so good, right? Like he's good yeah. at this game. Like he is, he is really stati- again statistically in his career. Like man, he is like he is really good. This is a player who probably ends up in the Hall of Fame, right? Oh, like, for sure, no doubt, he's a Hall of Fame player. Absolutely, just, and, it feels and, and like you look at his here. numbers and you're like, okay, but. Like, how do you go through this, this, these, these, these high highs and these low lows? Like they're really tough to live through. Because he can get like eight points in a week, and then go missing in action for two. Yeah. What? (laughs) Which is why you will always see fantasy players who will just hate Malkin, right? They're like, drafted Malkin, and he did, he's done nothing in the first three or four weeks. And then typically I, I mean, I feel like Malkin getting hot always corresponds with Crosby missing games. Yes. It's like, Oh, Crosby's out. Like Malkin's going to be a superstar now. You're on out. He's going to be really good. He, he just wakes up. Like that. he comes back from the dead. Yeah. He's like, okay, oh, you I'm ready. Me. Yeah. Sid's out. You guys need me now. I'll play. <laughs> but I mean, it, it is what it is. Um, but, uh, Yeah, well, again, everything's fluid. We've seen really interesting things so far. Uh, We'll see what the next week brings. I am kind of surprised that they're not like tomorrow would have been a perfect day for them to have made up like a Dallas Tampa game, especially if I mean, Tampa's saying that they're expecting not to be playing Tuesday. Like it would have been like, hey, now's a good time for you guys to start making up some of these games that you lost. Um, But here we are. So uh, I think there's one game on top tomorrow, right? Monday, and it's at ten PM. Yeah. Like I mean like what makes... am I supposed to do with the rest of my Monday now? Like <laughs> Well, I guess there'll be lots of uh lots of time in the gulag. That's yeah, that's that's consistent. That is that is the most consistent. I am I am I am the opposite of Gino in that sense. I am consistently in the gulag getting headshotted by guys camping (laughs) the top tower in downtown. It just, it never fails. So, uh, I mean, the good news is, I guess you kind of get a night off on Wednesday, right? Just two games. I don't, I don't want these. Like, I just want to, I just want to watch hockey. We've had 2 we've had the time off. I've, you know, yeah, I'm going to have to do something. I'm going to have to spend time. I'm going to have to spend time with my girlfriend. Now we're going to have to do something she wants to do. Like, you know, watch a chick flick or something. Right? Like I've been able to get away with it recently. Like, oh I can't. Like, I gotta, you know, hockey and stuff. Now, like, you know, now she's getting good. Now she'll look at the schedule and go <laughs> like, well, there's only one game, or the Habs don't play tonight, or well, there's only two games. And I'm like, damn, like she's, like she's figured it out here. She's getting good now, so she's gonna look at the schedule and be like, oh, it's only at ten o'clock. You have lots of time to watch yeah. this documentary on <laughs> something. Yep. Um. Uh, yeah friday as well right like blackhawks at uh blue hawk or black blue jackets at the blackhawks like yay that, that's that's friday at 8 p.m that's it i don't really want to watch that game <clears throat> but i mean say la vie it's better than nothing i'll take it that's true um uh, and on that note uh we should uh we should close it down for the week Uh, So as always, uh, we'll be back with you again this time next week. Uh, Have a great week. Uh, You'll find us in the chat and good luck.